Welcome back into another episode of the All Ball Podcast. We had free agency for the NFL happen this past week. Got a bunch of players signed and switching teams, some big name players such as Kenny Galladay, as well as some others. We're going to get right into that trade deadline for the NBA. We won't talk about it right now, but that's in the sweet, uh, in the swing of things. It feels kind of like, kind of feels like we're in the middle of just a, a huge week, and we are with March Madness and both the NFL and NBA having these monumental periods right now where a bunch of things are happening. It's really exciting. It's a lot of fun. I mean, <laughs> this is kind of the, uh, I forget what people kind of call it. I think the I forget, but this like really this golden time in March where there's so many so many things going on amongst so many different sports, and it's such a great week or a couple of weeks stretches. Before we get into the NFL and all the different moves that we saw, what teams made really good moves in our opinion, which ones made really bad ones. How are we doing, George? We're doing good, like you said, man. Like you said, um, yeah, you know, a big. A big two weeks of free agency, a lot of names, a whole lot of names change teams. So it'll definitely be interesting to, you know, you know, it's interesting to take a look at the rosters. It'll be interesting to see on opening day, you know, just how much has changed and who's where. But so, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, no. And it felt like the market was a little bit was a little bit light with the salary cap coming down. We saw that amongst a bunch of players taking one or two year deals in order to cash in when the salary cap might spike. I don't anticipate it. It will spike like we saw with the NBA when the Warriors were able to get Kevin Durant, mm. because I think they kind of leveled it so that they it's like a couple of year stretch thing where so it didn't completely crater this year. They're going to stretch out over a couple. So it might be because of that. But yeah, we've seen. Some players, it's not just only one or two year deals, but there are players that locked in major deals. Starting out with the first guy, we're going to talk about Trent Williams returning back to the San Francisco 49ers on a six year, $138 million contract, 55 million guaranteed, 23 million per year, which is the most amongst every any tackle I think ever signed. The guy's 33 years old. He took last year or the year before that off. Yes, the year before last off because of a tumor that was found and signed with the 49ers and they've now paid him. He was amazing last year. 91.9 PFF grade, first among tackles. I, the guy played 14 out of 16 games. He was fourth in pass block win rate as amongst tackles at 94%. I think it's just, I think it's due. I think he's elite still. And he, as we've seen with Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle for the Los Angeles Rams, who's like 39. You can play this position at a very high level later on into your career. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, first off, I would say if only 55 is guaranteed, you have to assume that probably four years into the deal, they can get off of, you know, three, four, whatever. They could probably get off of it not too badly. But yeah, I mean, look, if you want to, you know, they gave up a decent amount to get them last year and, they want to get back to where they were, which is a Super Bowl contender. And you know, this, these are the type of players you need to retain. So, yeah, definitely. Um, do I think he lasts all six years and gets all 130? You know, I'm not sure, but you know how it is with these NFL contracts. It's, not, it's so different than, like, the NBA where it's all, you know, you get what you get. Um, yeah, no, the guaranteed money, like you said in the beginning, is the exact point you need to look at and kind of – Yeah, and then even, like, it's fun. Like, when you were talking about the thing with the salary cap reduction, like – and you know, the salary cap goes down, but then it's like, you know, everybody like restructures their deals and like, you know, all this crazy stuff goes on, all this like cap magic. So, so, you know, the teams end up finding space anyway. I mean, teams certainly spent no question. I, like I didn't, well, you know, when you look at the contracts, it's not like, wow, these teams are really cheaping out. I, mean, I don't feel that way. 
Um, no, for, for the most part, but we never saw, uh, honestly, besides Trent Williams, we didn't see those record-breaking deals, and maybe that's because the, the, the positions yeah, be fair, weren't who, there. Yeah, who was there to get the record deals? That's you know? true. Although, you know, usually, I guess the counterpoint to that would be is that, you know, that's how you end up with, like, you know, guys are free agents at the right time. They're the best guy in the class, and they get way overpaid, which maybe didn't happen this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, you know, getting back to Trent, this is exactly what you have to do, man. He's a great player. Uh, you want to be a great team. you got to have this guy. You know, that's it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you need to protect Jimmy G. His injury history is just the biggest concerning thing about him and his lack of mobility in the pocket. And when you can solidify his blind side like this, like it's something you have to do. And again, it's, yeah, it's a six-year deal. He's 33 years old, so he might be 39 if they write out the entire contract. Like you said, the guaranteed money really only makes it, when I looked at the contract, they can get out with, I think, about $12 million in dead cap if they get out in three years and then lessons after the fourth year, but you can play this, you can play the left tackle position for an extended period of time, like we've seen with quarterbacks. So I, yeah, I think there's a move that when you saw it, it's like, wow, that's a lot of money, but it's not one of those where you really debate in my mind, was it overpaid? Was it worth it? Because this guy is continuously, even when he takes a year off and comes back, he's still shown to be an elite left tackle. Now going over to the New York Giants, bringing in the clear-cut number one wide receiver on the market, Kenny Galladay, coming for four years, $72 million, $40 million guaranteed, $18 million per year, which is the sixth most amongst wide receivers for annual value. He also has incentives based into his contract, 250 k for making the Pro Bowl, 750 k for 12, uh, 1,200 receiving yards or 80 receptions or 10 touchdowns. I mean, he's only 27 years old, and last time we saw him out, he didn't play much of last season. In 2019, he had 65 catches, 1,190 yards, and 11 touchdowns. So he was seventh in receiving yards, first in touchdowns, third in yards per reception. This guy's a big play. This guy's a big play threat. And the point is of bringing him in, you hope that what he is to Daniel Jones is what Stefan Diggs was to Josh Allen. They're not the same type of player. I'm not saying he is Stefan Diggs or he is that same. Both both players are worse. (laughs) Yes, that is true. That is true. But yeah, no, I mean, but you're right. I mean, you want to, you know, you want to help your young QB as he comes into his, I guess this will be what his third year in the league. And then you want to give him a, Give him, you know, that, that I don't know, elite in quotes. Like, you want to give him the elite receiver. I don't think Gallaudet is an elite receiver. Yeah, you know. Um, I look at him I as a top know. 15 guy, and he's the only guy that was on the market. And somebody, and even when you take it, I think you have to factor in the draft with this being such a good wide receiver, wide receiver group coming yeah. out. There's nobody, like, I don't see, for me, Jamar Chase is the one guy that I would spend that, top, that 11 pick on. And I, I don't anticipate him getting there. I don't and think Galladay really top 15. I, I think he's around there. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, uh, yeah. you look at the Giants, you look at the Giants team now, you know, they have weapons. Saquon will be back, still have Ingram, sign another tight end, Rudolph, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And then still have Tate. No, no, I got rid of Tate. It's Darius Slayton, Sterling yeah, like Shepard. Yeah. I like Slayton. Shepard is all right. Bit overrated for me, but he's solid. Um, you know, you have like, but I mean, between all the guys we just listed, it's about like five or six guys to throw it to. So, and the line's getting better. You know, the Giants, if if they don't have at least a league average offense this year, you have to look at Jones and say, oh, maybe this was a botch and we'll have to run it back with somebody else. Uh, agreed, because this team is, when you look at it, take out the quarterback position, this is a team that should be competing 
not only for the NFC East, I think this should be a team that is up there amongst just the, the very good teams. The very good teams. I'm not saying they're on the same tier as Tampa Bay and maybe Green Bay and maybe the Rams, but I think they're in that tier, But or they should be. If you look at the team around, the, besides the quarterback, if you look at the team around them, this team is very well built together because they've been able to spend a bunch of money in free agency with the quarterback on the rookie deal. But yeah, if, if there, there's so much pressure on Daniel Jones and Jason Garrett to make it work this year because it was so bad last year, but you could – then just say there was no Saquon. There's no clear-cut number one wide receiver. I mean, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard, they're okay, but they are not number one wide receivers. Now with Kenny Galladay, they're able to slot better into their second and third wide receiver roles, which I think are more natural to them. Then you factor in Ingram, Rudolph, like you had mentioned, and there is really everything that you need from a skill position player standpoint for you to succeed there and for Jason Garrett to have the offense to put together an offense that is able to be successful in the NFL right now. Yep. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. So uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing them. Yeah. Honestly, well, let me get your take on this. Who do you think if I asked you right now would win the NFC East? I mean, I, yeah, like I don't like to pick the giants. I don't like to be biased, but it, it, I, it this team is so good. This team is so good in my mind. Like I have been bullish or bare. I forget. Well, I think bullish is a good thing. Bearish is bad. I, I've been bearish on the Giants for year, for the past three or four years on their spec on their ability to compete and their ability to not only make the playoffs but to actually be successful there. And this team really, especially with the moves, I know I you can look at the money, whatever, but the the roster as a whole has the potential to be a team that sneaks up in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I for me, I still um. I lean football team, honestly. And I feel like a lot of people are going between Giants and Cowboys. And I think I, mean, I love, and maybe we'll get into this later, but I loved the Fitzpatrick signing. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was exactly what they should have done. But I'll save that, I'll save that for later. And we will go on to uh, who do you have next? We have the, the New England Patriots, who we know was spending just just a king's ransom. It's just, so, it was almost like the Dolphins last offseason, where it's just like, and you get it, you get a fifty million dollar deal, and you get a fifty million dollar deal, and everybody gets a fifty million dollar deal. It's interesting. First off, I like two tight end sets. I like the idea of having it. It's worked for the Patriots in the past. I think it's smart with Cam because. It just, I just think it, it, it's like it's better for their offense to run those sort of like, you know, the two tight ends and the running back mm-hmm. and, and play that sort of way with only like two receivers out wide, maybe three. Um, I like it for them. I think it's just – it's going to be – man, it's a real wait and see. I'm very, very curious to see how the Patriots play this season. It's a, there's a Belichick aspect that I'm interested in. There's a Cam Newton aspect that I'm interested in. And there's a McDaniels aspect I'm interested in. It's just very, very interesting. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they perform this year. In general, I mean, looking at both deals, they're good players. And I, I thought they were pretty good contracts for the two of those guys specifically. So, so yeah, no complaints from me at all. When I was going through the contracts and the – I like to see where they stack up against the other tight ends. So both of the players uh, – Hunter Henry was three years, $37.5 million, 25 guaranteed. So 12.5 annual value, third amongst tight end, tied with Johnny Smith, who signed for four years, $50 million, $31.25 million guaranteed. Both of them are making the third most per year amongst, the, amongst tight ends. And both of the players are the type of guys you would want to pay. Because they're both young. I think they both have more room to grow. If you look at just their stats from this past year, it was very underwhelming on both sides. I mean, Hunter Henry, eighth amongst amongst tight ends and catches, 12th in yards, 17th in total touchdowns. But then you look at it, it's like 
and I'm not saying taking anything away from Justin Herbert. He was really good. He was just a rookie, but according to um, next gen stats, he was 20 uh, Hunter Henry had the 26th like percentage of his of passes coming towards him. 26 in catchable target rate, 26 in target accuracy. It, it just wasn't all there for him in terms of a bill, a just kind of the opportunity there for him to succeed. And the same thing with Johnny Smith, when you look at him, he was 26th in routes run. He wasn't running the ball. He wasn't running routes. They were obviously the Titans were a more ground and pound team. So he doesn't get as many opportunities. This was a guy that was seldomly looked at. He was 20th in catches, 20th in yards, third in total touchdowns. So they used him around the end around the red zone, but the opportunities weren't there. And both these guys are still young. Johnny Smith is 25. Hunter Henry's 26. And like you said, the two tight end set, I think really fits them well. The ability to, they have, they have a good offensive line, even though they lost Joe Tooney. I think they're, they will figure it out with Cam, Damian Harris. And now these two, I think they're able to move the ball effectively or they should be able to, and then still be a threat on the ground with Damian Harris and Cam, obviously. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, you know, when you put when you put the stats like that, yeah, I, I guess it could be argued there a bit overpaid for their production level but like man i I don't know i i would put i would place both of them amongst top 10 tight ends in the league more or less you know at least on the fringe of it yeah no i I agree that's why i'm saying if you look at their stats you don't need like that that doesn't really tell the full story because henry if you looked at like what i was saying the catchable targets or whatever it wasn't good he wasn't getting these optimal targets that, and obviously you're not going to get optimal targets all the time but when you're down at 26 amongst tight ends and then johnny smith not running routes that just it brings it down i i, I like both these guys as they are in my opinion top 10 top seven tight ends yeah you know it's always funny i always have this problem in the nfl where like i say and this is sort of going back to the galladay thing um it's like you say you're like hesitant to put these guys in the top 10, like even Henry and Smith. And it's like, oh, I'm saying they're fringe top 10, but then there's no way I could list nine tight ends better than both of those guys. So they probably are top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the fact is they can both, they're both very versatile in my opinion. You can line up Johnny Smith. There were times when he was in Tennessee where they would line him up in the backfield and they run him out yeah. of there. He had a ton of tight ends. Sorry, a ton of touchdowns. Yeah, he was third in total touchdowns amongst tight ends. And Henry's... Hunter Henry's solid blocker and then a good receiving threat underneath Johnny Smith able to get yards after the catch. I, I like the complimentary that the, the fact is that they aren't the two, like two of the same type of players. No, agreed. I, 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 so I'm really, again, another team I'm really looking forward to seeing. Um, and then the last individual one you wanted to do is Bud Dupree to Tennessee. You want to give us the details on that contract? Yeah. So he went to Tennessee, five-year, $82.5 million contract, $35 million guaranteed, $16.5 million in average annual value, which is the 12th most amongst Ed, Rush- Ed Rushers. He's 28 years old, and he, but he's recovering from a torn ACL he suffered in week 12 of this past season. Before that, he was an absolute beast, seventh in sacks, or he finished the year seventh in sacks despite missing the last four games. According to PFF, he led the NFL in pressures from the left side, the blind side, b- before getting injured. Third in QB hits from that side. Most quarterback hurries from that side. This guy's an, a beast, but it's a big commitment in my mind for a guy that's coming off an ACL injury at a position that's really – you have a lot of explosiveness coming off a knee, and he's well, never you know, been the guy on a defensive I th- line. I, th- I think they sort of had to because when I think about the Titans – so think about the Titans that went to the AFC Championship game. 
picture them as like a ground and pound run the ball team. And then picture the Titans last year who still ran the ball, their passing game improved, but their defense was underratedly terrible. Mm-hmm. So I think, man, was it the match made in heaven? Maybe not necessarily, but you have to go get guys. And if you're going to be a run first team, you know, you have to be a defensive team. You, you can't, you can't win with a crappy defense in this league. Um, and so, you know, you get guys, you get playmakers, you get a guy like Dupree. I, uh, I like it. I don't love it, but I like it. You know, get some guys. I think that's really what it's about for me. I, I mean, I get that. I get that fact. I agree that they need to, if you're going to be ground and pound, you need the defensive side of the ball to be there. And it, it just wasn't, especially in the past defense, they were just absolutely abysmal. I, yeah, it's just a big commitment, especially when you let go of a Dory Jackson, Malcolm Butler, not that these guys were, I mean, or Dory Jackson was out for most of the year last year and Malcolm Butler wasn't really that great, but I just mean, more so that I felt like they should have attacked the secondary in that aspect. And then just giving the big contract to a guy that's coming off an ACL injury. You don't know how he's going to respond. And he's never been the focal point on a defensive line. Like when you think about, when you think about Pittsburgh, where he was playing, it's like the first person that comes in your head is TJ Watt, not taking anything away from Bud Dupree, but that's a guy that's a top two or three edge rusher in the NFL. And it leaves him to better matchups or just, yeah, better matchups in that case. Uh, Titans. Because I just checked, fifth to last in yards allowed. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. No, they, yeah. they need to address it. I This is one of those teams. I mean, I'm not going to make these full-on predictions, but this is one of those teams I think is really going to disappoint in this upcoming season. That's all. I think it's possible. I mean, here's the thing. I feel like a lot of teams are getting better, and it's hard for me to say that the Titans have gotten better. Mm-hmm. it's from it's more like they you know they stayed the course they had dupree they lose a couple guys like you said um yeah i think and then and, that, especially, and, that, and that division's yeah. just getting better the division yeah, yeah exactly exactly although um uh, yeah i mean uh, i mean the texans yeah shoot can they really be worse than they were last year not really so i mean maybe it's, it's possible. I mean, yeah, it's possible. Teams have gone on 16 before. Who's say it can't happen again? Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, you know, I mean, both the Colts and the Jags will definitely be better. So Agreed. So, what in your mind, saw a bunch of signings. What was your biggest, like, what the fuck signing? Like, what is this team doing right now? Bears. Dalton. Bears? Okay. Yeah. Um, just like. It was a one-year $10 million deal, I think. Or it's, just, it's just, it's just. Oh, what are you doing? Because here's the thing. Like, if you track back through the past, like, three years of the Bears, they trade away a lot to get Khalil Mack. Their defense becomes instantly the best in the league. They ride out the Trubisky thing, and you have all these defensive studs in their prime, like several. Mm -hmm. So then you ride it out, and you make the playoffs, and you totally botch and lose to the Eagles. And then you try to run it back for the next year, but Trubisky isn't as good, and you start to give up on him. By the time that the Bears figure out the offensive side of the ball – their defense isn't going to be that good anymore. So it's just you're. Yeah, I get it. You're just punting on the year. But at least punt with a Fitzpatrick. You saw Dalton play for the Cowboys. He was bad. So I just, I just didn't understand it at all. I, uh, man, you're just. What, what are you doing? You're signing up to to be bad and then draft somebody next year. You're drafting somebody this year. I, I mean, I just, uh, it was confusing. If I was a Bears fan, I'd be pissed off. Yeah. So, so my biggest issue with that is that they were like all the news about Russ or Deshaun Watson possibly going there about them being, I first of all, never believed that. I never thought they had the ammo to go yeah. get them because I mean, this was the biggest hanging point when like that report came out, they were offering like three first rounders and whatever. 
the Seahawks all, big problem was who were they getting back to play the quarterback position? That was always going to be the ham. That was always going to be the thing that kept them from getting them. Same thing with the football team getting Deshaun Watson or whatever. If you're moving off of a guy like that, like Russell Wilson, you want the guy in return that you know is going to be there. So when you go from, yeah, we're in on these guys and we're going to try everything in our power to, yeah, we signed Andy Dalton. I mean, that's, that's where as a Bears fan, I'd be just the most pissed off about. It's a lot like when it's a lot like, um, two off seasons ago when the Knicks were talking about Katie and Kyrie and they end up with Julius Randall and Bobby Portis, you know, to make a cross sport comparison. It's yeah. like, you almost wish you weren't teased with the, with the great players in the first place. Cause it makes, it makes the reality seem even worse. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I think that was a great one. Obviously. I think that's a great comparison cross sport wise, because yeah, the expectation you set there is like, wow. And we're going all the way at the top to yeah. all the way at the if, bottom. If I'm a Bears fan for, for a week there, I'm talking myself into making a trade and winning the Super Bowl. And now it's like, okay, we're going to win four games this year. Like the football team, they weren't, there was no discussion. Like, like there were reports they were interested. They're looking to trade for a guy, whatever. They were in on Matthew Stafford, but nothing about Russ. There was nothing about Deshaun. There might've been like, like they're interested in them. There's no, we're going all in. We're going to do whatever it takes. There's this big overwhelming package. And then they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. Everybody looks at as, as that as a win. Yeah. So well, it's also I, just like Fitzpatrick is just straight up better than Dalton. I, I'd probably agree. I, I, it's not to the point where like, if you're like between Fitzpatrick and Dalton, I'm significantly feeling better about myself, but it's also about the expectation you set more. So still more to come on Fitzpatrick. And I will explain why I love that signing so much, but okay. what's yours? What's your worst signing? Kenyon Drake to the Las Vegas Raiders, two years, $11 million a year, all guaranteed five and a half million average annual value and average annual value value. Wow. Yeah. So you might ask, why? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because they spent a first rounder on a running back a couple of years ago named Josh Jacobs. Maybe they traded three of their five starting offensive linemen from this past season. This is the third, 13th highest average annual value for a running back being paid right now. Seriously? Wow, that's crazy. He wasn't that good in he wasn't that good last year. He wasn't even the best running back on his team. The guy was 57th in yards per touch. 167th in EPA. He was a negative 12 EPA last year, 55th in yards per yards created per touch, 51st in average defenders in the box. So it's not even like he had stacked boxes against him. The guy just wasn't effective at all. And I do not understand the signing. If you're like, oh, we want a second running back because it's like a one-two punch, or if they want to run two running back sets, draft a guy in the third round for one fifth of the price or one tenth of the price. Yeah. Or and then use that money that you spend on Kenyon Drake to bolster the offensive line. Where if I say if like you talk down about this Raiders or Raiders fans are like, oh, like the guys that we got rid of weren't that good, then get better guys by using the money that you spend on Kenyon Drake. This is the biggest head scratcher. Yeah, well, it, no, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And you know, they they have see the Raiders do use second running back because they run it so much. So they have like Jalen Rashard and like Devontae Booker and those kind of guys. And you, I guess, the logic is okay. Kenyon Drake is just like the better version of all of them. Plus, if Jacobs gets hurt, but yeah, to guarantee eleven mil for two years and put him put him in the upper echelon of paid running backs, that it definitely is pretty questionable. Mm-hmm. And then I also had Bud Dupree to the Titans. I, I went over why it's more so. Just, yeah, it's the big. I didn't know you hated it that much. I, I mean, I don't hate it. Like Kenyon Drake's in another stratosphere compared to Bud Dupree. <laughs> it's more so like the bigger thing with Bud Dupree is it's five years. It's more money. And again, the ACL injury. It's all three of those. It's just a red flag all amongst them. That that's more so. 
So what were your favorite? Do you have any more like what the fuck signings? Nah, not really. Okay. Then what, what were some of your favorites? I would say I liked, I liked a lot of what the Buccaneers did, which was, um, you know, like getting some restructures and especially re-signing Shaq Barrett. I thought they got a really good deal on for, for how good he is. Mm-hmm. I, I was impressed with that. Um, oh, I'm pulling up the number now just so I could give it. It was, um, yeah, 468. I mean, that's good. I really liked the Chiefs getting Thune, the guy from the Browns. I liked it because, you know, for a second there, they had cut like two different guys. They cut Schwartz and Fisher. Yep. And it was like, it was like, did you guys not watch the Super Bowl where you got where you guys got destroyed? Um, but so then it was nice to see them get this guy back. It and so maybe because of that, you know, I liked it a bit extra. Um, you know, it's scary. There was a report out that Trent Williams was about to sign with the Chiefs too. Oh, before, really? Before the 49ers came in and offered him that deal. And also, also speaking of Bears quarterbacks, I really like a lot of people were, you know, this is like a bit of a, a smaller scale thing. But I really liked Trubisky to the Bills. Um, and I will just say because, first off, I think it's a good buy low look. He never should have been the second pick, but he definitely has shown some flashes. And then also, so here's the thing. If you have Josh Allen and you have to bring in Matt Barkley, you can't run the offense. But if you have Josh Allen and he gets hurt and you have to bring in Trubisky, I do think you can run a lot of the similar sets. And, and I think that's always important to have in a backup where you don't have to necessarily reinvent everything and you can sort of plug them in, plug them in on the fly. And obviously it wouldn't be the same, but, you know, I thought for good value, prove it deal, whatever, all that stuff. I, I think he's already one of the better backups in the league. I, I agree. I, I like that signing. It's a one-year deal and the infrastructure there is very solid and they've shown the ability to improve their quarterback. So we saw Josh Allen take a major leap from last year to, or the year before to this past year. And who's to say that Mitchell Trubisky can't do something along those lines, working with one of the best, best offensive coordinators in the NFL, working with a team that's just really good around him that he can learn from. And Josh Allen, he's seen somebody that can, kind of flip the script on what people think about him because he was looked at as this guy that can't be can improve can improve his accuracy and then just completely just shot out of a cannon and was completing i think about 67 percent of his passes compared to like fifth in the mid 50s last year or the year it's before just, it's just one of those things you know you get treated like the second overall pick and so you're held to a certain standard but now you're held to the standard of a backup quarterback and he can meet that no question so yeah you know i liked it yeah so for me my favorite was john johnson to the browns yeah, three, year, thir- three year, 37 and a half, three, 37.75 million, 24 guaranteed 11, about a little bit over 11 million average annual value. And this guy was just unbelievable. He was th- yeah. the third highest graded safety amongst, according to PFFs, only a 72 passer rating when targeted last season, zero TDs allowed in coverage. And when you read up about this guy, Brandon Staley, he was the quarterback on defense. He was calling He's plays. Really he was handling all the assignments. Like with that, he played a hundred percent of the snaps and think this is just a great deal. I mean, he's paid as the ninth highest ninth highest safety according to average annual value. And at a position that they really needed to address. This the secondary was the really big weak spot outside of Denzel Ward for the Browns and now they have gotten him like Troy Hill was a solid signing again another guy from the Rams. And now they've returned Grant Delpit, who was out for all of last year. I, I really love this signing, how it's rounding in a form, this secondary for the Browns that's now went from a weakness to a pretty big strength at this point. They have some serious guys between Delpit and Johnson and Ward and Greedy and, I mean, yeah. guys. So, 
Yeah, you know, the, do I think knowing the Browns, are they prime for a letdown year because they were so good last year? Potentially. But then on the other hand, I mean, if they can make the leap and go like 13-3, and three, and I wouldn't be shocked. So Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is they had all that success, but that was without training camp, without any preseason, with a new coach. Odell was out from for the second half of the year, their biggest threat on the offensive end. Uh, it, yeah, I you want to think that this team is going to take that next step and they should be amongst the upper they shouldn't be on the chiefs level at my in my opinion when you look at top to bottom roster this team is so good yep i know they don't have the they're not close like patrick mahomes is just so much better than baker but when you look at the rest of the roster it's it's fine day the the browns rest of the roster is way better although they did lose Thune, obviously because the chiefs signed him so we'll see how that plays out wait oh you're talking about the pats pats had Thune. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> he was on the Browns. No, nah, no. Nah. I, I think you're thinking of Joel Batonio. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well. Now, my other one, my other favorite signing was Carl Lawson to the Jets. Three-year, $45 million, $30 million guaranteed, $15 million average annual value, 16th highest average annual value for an edge rusher. He will be 26 years old when the season starts. He was third in pass rush win percentage for edge rushers at 21%, fourth in total pressures by edge defenders and a 76 PFF grade. I think this is a guy that's just going to, he has continued to show throughout his career that he generates pressure at a very high clip and he will continue to do so. I think he's still young. He still has a bunch of years to produce at that level. I, I really love this signing. And you look at it, it's like the 16th tied for 16th highest average annual value. And like I talked down about the Bud Dupree one, this guy doesn't have an injury that's coming back that he has to work back from. And he has been the focal point on his defensive line, but still put up these pressures. That I mean, Geno Atkins is great too on the interior, but when you think about the edge and how you need to defend him, this is one of the elite guys when it comes to generating pressures, which I think is a better tell than just sack numbers because the sack numbers haven't been that impressive. Yeah, I would, I would have to agree. I like that signing as well. So let's talk. Who do you, your top five, we'll go pick for pick. Top five teams, like, had the best free agency so far. So we'll start off at oh, who's your five? Oh, my five. Like your number five. If you do, you want to do one, two, five, or yeah, five? To easier one? to go. Easier to go one to five for me. Okay, who's your one? If we have like overlap, you know, we can just sort of skip. So my number one is Tampa. Um, I, th- I thought you know they kept everybody. So you know, it's like when you win the Super Bowl, that's what you want to do. You keep everybody. Tagged Godwin, restructured Evans, um, a couple of structures here and there. So they able to keep everybody. Um, I agree. No, that was my number one too. They restructured, yeah. they got everybody except for Fournette at this point. You're running, they're running it back, like they said. And, you know, it might hamper them late in a few years when it comes to the cap. But when you can go for it now, when you're, when you have Tom Brady and that's what you're selling him on, that we're going to compete and you have all these guys on your roster, this is the move to do. This is what you need to do. And they, sh- they, they did it. I didn't think it would be possible. I didn't think, think they would get Levante David and Shaq Barrett and Chris Godwin, all, all three of those high-profile guys, but they did. Yep. Okay, so for number two, for me, talked about one of my favorite signings, the Cleveland Browns, I think, were the second-best team in the offseason. They bolstered their secondary. That was one of the main weaknesses last year. They were 22nd in passing yards per game allowed, and we saw – that the Chiefs were able to move the ball pretty well against them in the in the playoffs before Mahomes got injured. 
And then they, I thought they had really good one-year deals on defensive linemen Malik Jackson and Tack uh, McKinley, that high upside guys to go along with uh, Miles Garrett, especially after they lost out on J.J. Watt. I really just loved the whole – I loved what they did around their roster. All right, uh, for me, uh, I, I had the Browns on the list, but not number two. My number two is going to be your team, the Giants. Um, you know, for me, the Leonard Williams number is a bit high, but it is just a tag. So, um, no, you know, it kind of is what it is. It's not tag. I thought it was a tag. No, they re- they uh, signed him three years, sixty three mil, forty five guaranteed. Are you sure that he wasn't tagged? They, he was a re- initially, but then they they signed him. Really? Yeah. Like, it it oh, might have well. got swept under the rug, but yeah. Well, regardless, regardless. Yeah. Man, I mean, still a bit much for me, but I, he did a pretty good season last year. Uh, Sinadori, Galladay. Um, yeah, I mean, this should be a good team. Playoff bound. Ho- you know, you would hope if you're a fan of them. When, um, when, when, like you were talking about Leonard Williams, like he had an amazing year. That's one of those guys when I look at, uh, at Carl Lawson, like before this past year, Leonard Williams wasn't a guy that would get after, wouldn't get those sack numbers. He would get the pressure numbers. He wouldn't get the sack numbers. And it'll show at some point when you maybe switch a system and you come to somewhere else that the sack numbers will come, but the pressures are where it's like, where you want to look at what's indicative of a guy that's actually getting home to the quarterback for the most Mm -hmm. part. And that's, that's that's why he lands that $21 million contract or per year contract. So coming in number three for me, uh, the Buffalo bills. They re-signed key guys, similarly to the Bucs. They re-signed Matt Milano, Darrell Williams, Levi Wallace, John Feliciano. And then I thought they had some solid depth signings. Like you said, Mitch Trubisky, a solid backup. But then like Emmanuel Sanders, a one-year $6 million deal to be their wide receiver two or three after they let go, after they let John Brown walk. I, I think that's just a solid signing. Because the thing is, when you go in, like when you look at the teams that win the Super Bowl and the teams that don't, it's not the teams that spend the exorbitant amount of money. It's the teams that make these smart signings and keep the guys in-house. And that's what they're doing right now. They get these smart little signings that aren't going to break, aren't going to like have the headline on first take or whatever, but it's going to be those ones that when it comes to playoff time and it's third and seven and Josh Allen finds Emmanuel Sanders for an eight yard catch, that's, that seals the deal. You're like, wow, that signing was huge in the off season. Yeah, that's fair. Who was your three? The, fo- the football team. Here's my chance to talk about Fitz. They also signed Curtis Samuel, which I liked. But, um, dude, my thing with Fitz is that, you know, they were pr- they were a playoff team last year with the rotating door. They re-signed Heineke, who was pretty good. And then you get Fitz. And I think, that's, I think that they can sort of be like the Dolphins last year without the whole two in and out thing. And, uh, man, I think they have a really good defense, a lot of talent on the offensive side. Good coaching, bringing fits. Not only is he a good player, I think he offers good like leadership and character to the team. And like I said earlier, I mean, I think they're the best team in the division. I, I like what they did a lot. Um, and yeah, so look for them being playoffs, in my opinion, probably division champs. So I also had them at four. Uh, I completely agree with what you said. Uh, I thought they just had these really smart signings. I yeah. fits one year, ten million. Curtis Samuel three year, thirty four and a half. And then William Jackson, three-year, 40 and 40 and a half. I thought those were all really smart signings, really good players that similarly to uh, what, like how Kenny Galladay fits in with the Giants. The Giants needed a wide receiver one. Well, the football team needed a wide receiver opposite Terry, 
opposite Terry McLaurin. And they got that at a really good number. And I thought he, I think he fits really well with them. So I, yeah, I completely agree. I didn't think they need, I didn't think they I didn't think they would be able to go into the next season with Taylor Heineke as their quarterback and feel comfortable, but you can feel comfortable going into it with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You've seen what he does. And again, one year deal. And it allows them for them. The fact that it's only 10 million to go spend on these other guys. And it's not like they overspent there. I thought those were two really good deals that they got for these guys, two really promising guys that we saw. Curtis Samuel was in a crowded wide receiver core, and William Jackson just balled when he was in, in Cincinnati. Yep. Who was your number four? My number four was the Browns. So do you want me to just go straight to five or uh, you want to do your four? I mean, if you have anything else to say about the Browns, if not, you can go to five. No, nah, I think we covered the Browns. Uh, but I'm going to say – I'm going to go with the Colts at number five, um, partially because I really like them adding Wentz, which I know isn't quite um, a free agency thing, but I, I do like it nonetheless. And then I also, you know, you keep you keep um, T.Y. Helton, even though he had a down year. I think it was the right idea to keep him. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I just I like what they did. I think um, I think they're gearing up to be really good next year. I think they're easily the favorite in that division. Got Marlon Max too for some depth behind the running backs. Like one year, I think two million dollar deal that he had, which another again another depth signing that just bolstered the roster. You again don't need to break the bank. For me, yeah. I'm going with the Chargers. They bolstered the offensive line to protect Herbert. Corey Lindsley, five year, sixty two and a half million dollar contract, and then Matt Filer, an offensive tackle from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just that's that's got to be that's got to be what you just go out and do. You have to protect him. They have the receiving weapons. They have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler now, and also Jared Cook, who they got to replace Hunter Henry. You just need to protect him at this point. And they went out and they did that really well. They got the number one, uh, probably the best center in the NFL or a top three or five one to do so. And they got a depth guy for often offensive tackle. I, I thought that I thought they played it really well. Uh, I want I didn't think. Like the Giants had a great, a uh, very good offseason. I want to bring it up because, yes, I'm a Giants fan. You had the Giants at number two or three. Two, uh, I think. Two. The problem for me is everything, all their signings just felt like a slight overpay. So, like, I had, I had the football team in there because I thought all of their contracts were really good. The Giants, I'm not going to say they had a bad offseason. I probably have them at six or seven, but the fact is they did a little bit overpay on each one of these guys. And You can get away with that now when you have your quarterback on a rookie deal, but when the contracts start to come up and like Saquon's up, Jabril Peppers, if they want to pay Evan Ingram, if Daniel, when, if Daniel Jones is the guy and you want to pay him, then it becomes a little bit difficult. And obviously you can restructure with these things, but uh, it's not going to do it. Like, and I love the guy. I loved Kenny Galladay edition. I love the Dory Jackson. And I, I mean, at the point they needed to sign Leonard Williams, they had literally no leverage after Dalvin Tomlinson left. They traded picks for Leonard Williams. I yeah, it's just the number wise there doesn't push me into the upper echelon when all of these teams I think were a little bit better with getting good deals. But this just makes me so antsy. Like I remember when this was all going on last week. I'm talking to my friends. And I'm just like I, I just I want I want the draft to happen, and then the draft is going to happen. I'll be like I just want the season to happen. It's yeah, just exactly. all, all this well, the just draft gets, is pretty soon. Yeah, we got a, we got a about a month a month from today, and it's just. God, football season can't come soon enough. I mean, I like the NBA. I love March Madness, even though my bracket's absolutely been busted since the first day after Ohio State lost, even though I didn't, I, I had him in my final four. But 
just the NFL is just just different. I don't know. What I want to ask you quickly, what did you think of your team, the Joe, the Joe Flacco signing? Because that was really, I, I think, the major, the ma- or and, and Anthony Harris, just as a whole, I guess, what the Eagles did. Um, man, I don't know. Uh, I didn't like love the Flacco thing, but I didn't like hate it per se. He's fine. Um, you know, obviously, we'd rather have foals, but like it is what it is. Um, the safety signing was probably a good thing because our secondary is pretty terrible. But uh, man, it's just it's hard for me to get excited about this team. Now I'm, I'm definitely worried we're going to be really bad. But uh, and we'll see what happens in the draft. Mm-hmm. I think the Foles thing, or not the full the Flacco thing, kind of signals that they're not going to take a quarterback. In my opinion, at six, I know that's been talked about. Should they? Will they? I think that kind of solid. I mean, as weird as it sounds, that Flacco would solidify that they're not taking one. I don't know how you carry three, how you carry three quarterbacks. Agreed. With, with that, I thought the Anthony Harris signing was really good. I thought the the price for it was good, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, not that I feel bad for you because you've had some good years yeah. recently, but I, I, I don't think it's gonna be a pretty season for the cap for the Eagles. I think when you look at this division, it's a three team race at this point, and you know that's not a that's not an awful thing when uh, you think about the past couple of years um, yeah well you know we could yeah we're maybe we'll get maybe we'll pick high again probably pick high again this next year and then from there you know i think we'll be back so so we will be back next week talk some nba we yep. had some moves that have happened in the past couple of hours and the past couple of days we'll talk about those we'll talk about some of the big injuries we've seen joel Embiid and lebron james the two front runners for the mvp at the when they when we had last spoke or even in the past when you looked at this like four days ago, those were the two big MVP favorites and they're both out. We'll talk about those and also get into some draft stuff as the draft starts to ramp up, whether or not we'll do a mock draft, we'll be talking about different prospects. Uh, it's, it'll be exciting. I, I can't wait. Um, 100%. Talk to you guys next week. Yep. See you guys.